0: I'm Kim Cutable, an author, producer, and entrepreneur, and I believe that the way women lead is our divine advantage. That's part of what we'll be talking about in this podcast called Voice Lessons. Alison Crawford is giving women a design-centric way to feel at home with friends when they travel. Her bootstrapped brand, Hotelette, was designed with her three passions, interiors, travel, and real estate.
1: Everyone can go and get a good deal on a house and be a shark in real estate. Wow, well, bid people and get the houses that they want. But for me, that's just a piece of it, is finding the house. I'm looking for houses that are special, that have character, that tell a story.
0: Fueling a micro-trend that combines the vibe of a boutique hotel with an extended stay, Hotelette has been profitable since day one. This female founder is not afraid to follow her creativity and has experimented freely to build something authentic and to grow her business in a sustainable and intentional way. It's required honing a quality that is also baked in to her brand's modern vintage aesthetic.
1: I'm Allison Crawford, and this is a lesson on being confident. Tell
0: me, Allison, what is your earliest memory of being creative?
1: I took watercolor classes starting at age five. Ah! I sold my first watercolor painting at the age of six for fifty dollars. Oh, Whoa, that's a lot! Who did you sell that to? I don't it was a stranger, apparently. I mean it wasn't my parents. (laughs) Do you would let you have a little booth on your corner? We had a booth at but the art school that I went to. That
0: that is hard. So you're like destined to be a creative from the get go. Uh
1: (laughs) Yeah. So was creativity celebrated and encouraged in your family then? It was until I wanted to go to art school for college and then it was frowned upon. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think? My engineer father wanted me to have a regular university college experience. You know, huh. football games and sororities. And so I went to SMU, which doesn't have the best football team. But it worked out fine because a lot of my clients, interior design clients, now are SMU grads and they're people that I met from SMU. Right. So it worked out fine.
0: So you listen to him.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> he wanted he thought that advertising would be a great degree for me and I got a degree in advertising. I think this is really good advice is to go work for a larger company right out of college to learn from the different departments. Right. And to learn what it's like to work at a big company and then go start your own gig or go to a smaller a smaller firm. So I worked in my corporate America decade of working, I worked for a lot of Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies and learned like what they were doing right and what they were doing wrong. And I still apply those skills to my small businesses.
0: Let's talk about your business because you're not just a designer. You're also a real estate investor and you have your boutique hotel brand, uh, Hotelette. So tell me, (laughs) that's like not a traditional
1: trajectory. So tell me how you got there. How did you find your way into that? This wasn't my first career. This is my so-called second life. I started out as a residential interior designer and I opened Allison Crawford Design. And then a few years into that, I opened Hotelette because I was actually out in LA for Design Week. We were staying at an Airbnb and it wasn't that great. And I was thinking to myself, why isn't there a a collection of design-centric Airbnbs in multiple markets. Mm -hmm. So there might be one-offs in some cities that are really high design, really great Airbnbs, luxurious, but I wanted to create a brand that was in multiple markets. Mm -hmm. And our company is really for girls groups and women's retreats and bachelorette parties. We're really female-focused. <laughs> what, what cities are you in? Nashville was the first house, and then we opened Austin, and then we opened Dallas. So it's, it's like a design sorority. I know it's
0: not. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, those houses are swoon-worthy. Every time you post them on Instagram, it's like, I mean, the likes. And you've been featured in design
1: publications. Do you want to tell? We've been featured in Architectural Digest, Forbes, Domino. Right. All of the biggies. When we worked together, you were
0: considering, you know, you were cultivating yourself as client. Mm-hmm. You are moving away from, I'm gonna have a design firm, and you were working toward, I'm going to be my own client, and that's when you started aggressively moving into the hotelette. So tell me a little bit about being a real estate investor and how that happened and why that happened, and then what it's like being a woman real estate investor and do they expect you coming? Like what? Tell me about your experience.
1: When I was living in New York, I was selling coffees on Wall Street and I wanted to move back to Austin and I was like, what am I going to do? I mean, I want to move back, but what is going to be my career in Austin? So I decided to get my real estate license when I moved back and I was going to go sell real estate. But then the crash of 2000, around 2008 happened. Mm hmm. And no one was buying real estate and they definitely weren't buying it from a 25-year-old that brought me back from New York, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. That's kind
0: of, or, or but it's actually not. It's kind of pretty good in the end, but in the moment, I'm sure it sucked.
1: <laughs> see, i I've sold a few houses, but I've always maintained my real estate license. I think it's a really valuable skill to be able to read real estate contracts. Hotelette started because it combines my three passions. It combines interior design, my passion to travel and then my passion for real estate. If mm-hmm. I could go down a rabbit hole every day and I do go down these rabbit holes a lot. It's, it's looking up at real estate, like houses that are available price per square foot where they are. You know, I love looking at real estate in other cities or in Austin. For me, it's about the hunt. And do you have investors or are you self? Not right now, but we've been, you know, bootstrapping it. Very grassroots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <But, laughs> so we had some investors reach out recently. The Forbes article really inspired some investors to reach out. And how long have you been doing it? It's unbelievable, but we just, we opened Hotel at Nashville about 27 months ago. So only a little over two years. Wow. And we've opened three of them. It's great, it's fantastic. I think that executing interior design in a home takes a certain attitude and self-confidence to kind of break the rules Mm. because not everything in my projects are to scale. A lot of them break the rules. It's a mix of high and low, old and new. But if you execute it in a, in a confident way and stand behind your decisions and your design choices, then it's going to come across as beautiful. And it's going to be a reflection of you and not asking for forgiveness or asking for permission and just doing it and being like, this looks good in my eyes. <laughs> and, and, and most people think it looks great too. Was there a time you made a
0: decision that you regretted
1: so before opening Allison Crawford Design, I was flipping houses and totally lost it on one house. I mean, probably lost twenty grand, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially was, when you're
0: starting out, too, right? Like that not-
1: was a huge fail, and I look back at that and I think to myself, "Why did I make some of the decisions that I did?" My dad said something perfect. He was like, well, consider that like graduate school tuition, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a fancy MBA from a fancy school or anything like that. I've just been teaching myself and learning from others and building a team mm-hmm. and building a, a like a board of mentors. Oh, tell me about that. Well, I don't have a one mentor, but I have people that I can reach out to and ask very specific questions and they are all have different specialties like a real estate investor acquaintance and then someone that is in that knows a lot about manufacturing. And then I have interior design friends that we can go to lunch and talk about client relations or how much we're billing, things like that. So I I feel like I surround myself with not just one mentor, but really a board of people so that when something comes up, I can call someone and reach out and ask them, Hey, what should I do? Do you think that women lead differently? Yes. I think we're better leaders because we're compassionate and empathetic and more relatable and now we have more higher level female executives and CEOs and that has changed the landscape in business and therefore leadership has changed. So do you see that in your own business?
0: You've been investing in real estate since you were 25, correct? Right? Right. So, so, and you're in your 30s now. How has it changed? How has your belief in yourself changed? How have have the obstacles changed over that time? And what would you say has shifted?
1: I think that there are definitely more female investors now. And people don't expect me to be a real estate investor when they see me and, you know, I'm looking at houses and meeting other realtors and, and homeowners and other investors. I think some people are taken aback, but Austin is so
0: And why why do you think that what do they say?
1: How do you know they're taken aback?
0: Or do you just tell? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like what is the most unusual or inappropriate response or (laughs) that you've ever you've ever received? When I tell men about Hotelette, their eyes get really big and they're like, That is a really great idea. I would have never thought about that, especially potential investors, and that we market towards women. Like, that's our target audience is women. Right. Uh, this is a surprise to people. <laughs> All right, of I'm like, I, I get you that too. Like, Why are you surprised by this? Right. Like? I'm very open about the business because I know that. A man's not going to walk in and create another brand like Hotelette. I know that the part of the charm and how we're reaching this audience is because I'm a woman and how I run my company and the culture that I'm cultivating and the vibe that I'm putting out and the spaces that I'm creating. Let's talk about what do you think your culture is? Well, that's interesting because I'm in the middle of creating our culture doc for Hotelette and i think that it's a really important piece of a business model and a business it's really the backbone of how employees treat each other and how we treat our guests and the general morale and values that we all have because those should be aligned and so to narrow it down and create a, a culture doc I don't know, it's just, it's taken about a year and finally, finally I'm getting there. But it's collaborating. I can't create the culture all by myself. I need a team to help me with it and it's evolving and it's a collaboration.
0: It is an underlying creative principle, actually, and feminine leadership principle from my perspective, which is that it's not necessarily all about competition, that there is abundance inside of collaboration mm-hmm. is that is that the belief because I feel like you just espouse it very naturally without saying it is that what we're saying
1: yes I, I don't, I'm not really worried about competition yeah I feel like you know it's so interesting yeah
0: cuz just the look on your face I feel like for those of you who are listening I'm we're also recording this over video but I do feel like Yeah, it's like you don't even understand the question because you're just not, you're not, you're successful but you're not competitive in that
1: way. Is that not fair to say? Right, and I want to inspire people. I mean, that's a really big piece of the the culture is to inspire guests, to inspire each other at work and to inspire the people that work for me and for me to be inspired by them or to be inspired by the local makers that we carry in the hotel at shop. Right. isn't real estate so
0: much is about competition
1: it is but I mean that's just that's the easy part like everyone can go and get a good deal on a house and be a shark in real estate oh my god I love that you're saying this (laughs) What do you mean by that? Like, anybody can go and be a shark. Do you mean be an asshole? Is that what you mean? Like Go out, bid people and get the houses that they want. But for me, that's just a piece of it, is finding the house. I'm looking for houses that are special, that have character, that, that tell a story. I'm not looking for a cookie cutter house down the street that has a low you know, the lowest price per square foot, that's not a Hotelette. A Hotelette has a story and it has, like, famous musicians that used to live here that, that have secret closets and original hardwood floors and tall ceilings. Like, they have a they have a vibe. Right, so they
0: have something that the shark doesn't see
1: because <laughs> these <Right. laughs> blinders are on. <laughs> right, he's too busy, like, looking for blood.
0: So do you think there is something called feminine leadership then?
1: Oh, for sure. I'm trying to create an environment that people want to come here to work. I want them to be empowered and inspired because that's when you get the best, you get the best employees and you get the best side of them and they have the best at their job.
0: We're in a very interesting time now in the culture. And so when it comes to the issues affecting women that we aren't talking about, what do you think is missing from the conversation right now?
1: Well, it's interesting. I was talking to one of my a friend yesterday and she has three kids and she, she had a client call her and she had her kids in the car. She pulled the car over, left the, and got out of her car to talk to her client because her client doesn't know that she has kids. Oh, So, because she's in a very male-dominated industry. And she's one of the only female CEOs in that industry. And so we live in a society that they want mothers to be mothers like they don't have a job, but they also want us to work like we're not a mother. You know? Mm -hmm. And society expects us to be perfect at everything from motherhood, to having a clean house, to having a design magazine worthy house, to working out, you know, just this this false perception of perfection, really.
0: Hmm. You're about to add mother to your title. (laughs) Your business is busy. You are busy. How are you going to help yourself, set yourself up to win?
1: I think there are pros and cons to having kids quote later in life because now I've seen what all of my friends went through and they can give me great advice. I have Google Docs. <laughs> I mean, I have I'm really I'm really trying to prepare myself. As best as I've, been. I've been listening to motherhood podcasts. I'm going into it with an open mind but trying to be as prepared as possible. Right. And knowing that people are going to criticize that I work too much or that I'm not working enough. Or that, you know, people are always going to say something negative. And then you become a mother and everyone wants to give you advice about it. I mean, you, you probably know this. Everyone gives their two cents. Yeah, I'm learning And that. I think part of it was just, thank you for those two cents and moving along. <laughs> it's kind of living my own way and figuring out what works for my husband and myself and, and this child.
0: I do believe personally that if you're called to be a mother and you're called to have a career, that they are in service to one another that your career makes you a better mom mm-hmm. that your mom miss makes you a better career woman. I do really believe that. And I, I've talked about this a lot. We've talked about it, the notion of receiving and receiving time. And you need whatever fuel you're getting from either of those roles. Why would you be given both of those desires so strongly in your heart if you weren't meant to fulfill them?
1: I think it's going to be better for the company because it's going to give me more structure I have a tendency to sometimes be scatterbrained and I really think that it helps me focus, and prioritize, and manage my schedule better. And yeah. I will do,
0: we'll do a check-in.
1: We'll come yeah, back. We'll back, <laughs> back with me in six months.
0: So we talked about this, you're breaking rules in terms of design. Was there an unspoken rule in real estate that you broke? And if yes, what was it and why?
1: So I'm that kooky client that to all my realtors, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to buy this house based on a feeling. <laughs> so will you go show me some houses and see if I get that feeling? <laughs> and, what,
0: and How do they respond to that?
1: Um, I think that once they warm up to me and we actually meet in person, they understand. I mean,
0: it's interesting you're saying kooky but you don't care if they think you're kooky.
1: confidence right It's like you don't like you're using
0: whatever language you need to to get through to get your to your goal, but you don't actually care
1: what they think in the end. Right right. well no I mean I think that goes back to fearlessness. And I'm the only person out there that has created a collection of Airbnbs like this that are owned by one person. So I'm kind of paving my own way. So I'm doing it the way I think it should be and finding the houses that I think will work and moving forward with confidence. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is gonna believe in you. If I'm not self-confident, no one is gonna be confident in my abilities. And going back to being a leader, you really have to move forward Either you make a good decision or a bad decision, but you have to make it, and you have to make it with confidence. And I think that's also part of being a good leader is to make those decisions and to have those, those hard conversations, and knowing that you made a decision, whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision, make that decision and, and stand behind it. And if I'm not confident, I fake it. <laughs> you know, fake it till you make it sometimes.
0: For those of you who have started to feel even more confident as you age, you are not alone. There is a strong body of research that suggests as women age, they are in fact equally and sometimes more confident than men. However, having the appearance of self-confidence is not rewarded equally for women as it is for men. Unconscious bias is the technical term. Modest is the preferred way of being. Many of the women I work with don't want to appear full of themselves or too much or braggy. People think it's about ego when women show pride or joy in their accomplishments, when they speak the truth of what they have achieved. But false humility, trying to shrink yourself down to size in the eyes of someone who is blinded by the light of who you are being, That's all about ego, too. You, acting as though you are less than, is a lie. What if, among us at least, we start standing with confidence? And all confidence is, by the way, is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Firm trust. If we trust ourselves to start being who we know ourselves to be, who our souls demand that we see, imagine what might be achieved. Because this is a show about women's leadership and we talked about inspiring other women is something that's mm-hmm. important to you. If I asked you to complete the, the following sentence, how would you complete it? My wish for every other woman is
1: to be comfortable in her own skin. I guess just be confident in, in everything you do, whether it's hanging some art and it's, it's putting together a house or it's putting together your outfit or putting together your career it's my story and it's the way i did things and it's not necessarily for everyone but it's my story and i'm going to own it
0: you have all of the answers when you ask the right questions be visible speak your truth every other woman needs you to lead Voice Lessons is produced, written, and spoken by me, Kim Cutable. It's also produced and edited by Sergio Miranda and associate produced by Jessica Manalga. Our music was created by singer-songwriter Claire Hamill. You can find out when we post new episodes when you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. If you liked what you've heard, we would love it if you leave us a review. You can join our community at Facebook forward slash Voice Lessons Podcast to speak with me live after every episode is posted. And if you have a question or comment or want to suggest a guest, you can do it there. Or if you're on Instagram, tag us at Voice Lessons Podcast and use the hashtag LessonUp. For other inspiration, updates, and show notes, subscribe at VoiceLessonsPodcast.com.